Welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. Here I am in my backyard listening to nature, listening to <laughs> the woodland area in my backyard. So that I think that'll give a great background for this episode. We're going to be talking about Titans, Broncos, Monday night. 9.15 p.m., 9.20 for those who want to be exact. And we're going to talk about both teams, but ma- mainly the Titans, because I don't have the Denver Broncos roster in front of me or depth chart in front of me, which I will get via video when I do the YouTube version of this. But let's talk about the Titans just off the top of my dome. What do they provide? Because guess what? We didn't get to see them versus a another team or really fans didn't get to see them much at all other than those 10 minute videos that they showed um, of action at training camp Um, all we have is memories of last season but if you know anything every season is unique in the NFL so the Tennessee Titans let's get down to it a team that's coming off a nine and seven season they started off the season two and four um after some asset maximization, coin that t- phrase, they started to really pick it up. They really started to use the pieces they had rather than trying to fit a round ball into a square hole, if that makes sense. Um, so after that, they went on a roll, uh, barely missed winning the division, went on to beat the Patriots in New England, went on to beat the Ravens in Baltimore, and ultimately lost versus the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game after a strong first half, and then second half wasn't able to hold off the Chiefs' firepower. In that game, because you always try to learn from the last game, because you obviously did something right to get there, is they didn't get that much pressure on Patrick Mahomes. They also didn't tackle that well um, in that game. And offensively, they were a bit stale. Um, After Derrick Henry was held um, under 100 yards, around 70, um, the offense stalled. So what did they do this offseason? They they re-signed Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Important to note, not franchise tags, extensions. They also re-signed Dennis Kelly. Um, they brought in guys like Vic Beasley in free agency. Um, and that's definitely the biggest signing of free agency for them. Um, and then in the draft, they got a right tackle. They got a backup running back who specializes in um, the speed department and um, catching out of the backfield. Then they went on to get a cornerback to replace Logan Ryan in that nickel role, as well as outside. And then they went on to to gather different types of special teams guys. They have a lot of special team talent, including uh, Busting with the Boys host Will Compton. And then they rounded off the draft with Cole, the Cole McDonalds of the world, um, the. Chris Jackson, who is uh, has reportedly had a good camp, which my biggest knock on him was uh, not being that good of a man corner. 
but I thought he would play good in zone. So the Titans did a pretty good overall job. Larell Murchison as well, um, drafting him as a defensive lineman who um, has very similar traits to Jarrell Casey. Obviously not at the level of Jarrell Casey, but a good interior um, a presence um, as a in the defensive line rotation. Now, four minutes in. What are the Titans going to do week one versus the Broncos? Who are they? How will they try to attack this team? Ryan Tannehill, very decisive player, very accurate player, great leader, right? Good, good, good ball placement. The Titans at the quarterback position have a really solid quarterback. He even has mobility. So the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill at his best is the top five quarterback in this league, in my opinion. You're not going to rattle him much. Literally, the only thing that is a blemish on Ryan Tannehill is his ability to play in the cold. <laughs> nah, that was kind of a underhanded little joke there, seeing that they lost versus the Chiefs in the cold. Uh, and he didn't, I will have to admit, going back to that game, he did not play himself in that game. He, he, a lot, of, obviously it was cold, but he was noticeably cold noticeably different in my opinion but let's get down to the real nitty-gritty is his injury history even coming in last year being a backup quarterback he came in later into the season and it still wasn't a full 16 so and in the NFL even the most healthy quarterbacks rarely play a full 16 there's maybe one or two games here and there where they're not even in the game Ryan Tannehill, who has historically had, especially in his NFL career, mm-hmm. knee injuries, right? Had, had some knee injuries. And that's what we have to see. We have to see Ryan Tannehill in a full season, taking licks, seeing if he can get up. And after that, excuse me, my phone is going off. But after that, we have Logan Woodside, who at his best is a functioning quarterback who can make throws. Um, He understands the offense, but he can't do much outside of structure. Um, Outside of structure and messy situations, I don't trust Logan Woodside. If if all goes well, I think he can protect the lead. I don't think he can lead comebacks necessarily. Um, And that's where last left off, where we saw... (laughs) Logan Woodside, and that was last preseason games. So for that matter, the Tennessee Titans, one of their weaknesses is their quarterback situation. You look at running back, you have Derrick Henry, who is noticeably faster, slim, a little bit slimmer, more leaner, I should say. And he, he his get-up speed is a lot sooner than what it was. It used to be he'd have to kind of gather that speed. Now he's hitting the ground running, and I see it noticeably in his in his. In his actually astonishing because he's in year what four five 16 17 18 19 yeah he's in his fifth year and um the guys uh, this this is prom derrick henry it's prom derrick henry um in my opinion um so you're, you're gonna have to deal with that because he, he gets up his get up speed is a lot faster um behind him is darrington evans who, watching this tape, 
um, just a speedster, right? I mean, he can provide some special teams value as a returner, can catch out of the backfield. He's going to get the ball, and he's going to provide a little bit more juice at a, as a smaller position. Um, his foot speed is going to be a little bit more um, rapid than Derrick Henry. And that that's really what you provide. Um, some of the things that I saw with him as far as weaknesses, um, he didn't fumble in college but had some issues here at camp. Um, he also has a very narrow build. And a lot of times with those type of players, there's a lot of strain on certain joints, but that's being technical. And then after that, after Evans, I mean, you got Kyrie blasting game as a full as a fullback, as a possible runner as well. Look at your wide receiver core. You got A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, Khalif Raymond, um, and then Corey Hollister. You look at all those guys and you, and you ask yourself, what do they provide? A.J. Brown is the all-around guy. He's going to get you the dirty yards. He's going to block. He can, uh, he can run deep routes. You know, his route running, running is improving. Um, you have Corey Davis, who is a guy that's one of the best, if not the best, run-blocking wide receiver on the team. And you got a guy that has so much potential, and he has to play very, very hard. And he has to have a mindset that really gets him there. Very tall, very, um, I said very tall. He, he's the tallest of the receivers other than Hollister. And we really need that big play presence and go up and get it presence as well as Yak from him this year to really take it to the next level. Adam Humphreys, the underneath receiver, slot receiver. They're going to handle all, all things within a 5 to 12, 5 to 15 yard radi- r- uh, radius and, and really uh, show that he's worth all that money we paid him. Last year, then you got Khalif Raymond, the deep threat, who's really been working on more <clears throat> uh, screen plays and uh, underneath patterns as well to show his toughness. Um, then you have Cody Hollister, who's a big, uh, tough wide receiver in his own right. Then you got offensive line, Taylor Luan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, and then Dennis Kelly, who's probably going to start over um, Isaiah Wilson this year. And, and all these players provide something. I, if I were to say who's the weakest link on that offensive line right now, a, a good offensive line, I would have to say the right guard is the weakness on that team um, right now. Who is a right guard that's improving? But um, I would, if I would have to say, obviously that right side, it's clear as day, and more specifically, right guard. But all of those guys play well in unison. After about week five or six, when things got a go- got going for them, you could tell offensive line had a, had a huge role in in that. Um. So yeah, and my phone is going off, and y'all are probably gonna hear all of that stuff. So, um, Titans offense as a whole, they're gonna try to do a lot of the same things, and they're gonna rely on Derrick Henry which really wasn't the story last year as much as people thought because I felt like even when the Titans weren't running the football, that Tannehill was hot enough and in rhythm rhythm enough that they could pass the football. But for this year, I do think the narrative of people who are going to be coming late to the party will hold true. We will need and, 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 and rely on the run game more so than ever. But the, the, here's the problem. When injury arises on this on this offense, the 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 talent gap isn't close enough. Cause you look at the defense, they're loaded, especially that front seven. Maybe not in the inside linebacker, um, in that group, but 
defensive back is solid, I would say. But that that front four, those defensive linemen to edge guys, they're they're kind of loaded. They're loaded more so than most teams in the league. That talent gap when someone goes down isn't as widespread as the Titans. Tannehill goes down. That talent gap to your backup quarterback is huge. Derrick Henry goes down. That talent gap is huge. You know, I didn't even mention the tight ends yet. Jonu Smith, Michael Pruitt, Anthony Ferkser. Jonu Smith is the, the yak master in terms of catching the football and yards after catch and being a physical specimen. You look at Michael Pruitt, the run blocker, who can catch, you know, sneaky passes here and there. Then you have Anthony Ferkser, who is more of a flex guy, who's going to have sure hands, and especially in the red zone. That's somebody to look out for in the red zone this year. So just finding new ways to get these guys open. But someone goes down, especially your starters, the talent gap. John Smith goes down. The talent gap between he and Pruitt and Ferkser is a, a good widespread. You look at our offensive line, somebody goes down, the talent gap is huge. And somebody might say that that's with everything. But if you study the NFL, if you study these prospects, if you study free agency like you do myself, there are some sneaky good guys who don't get opportunity, much like myself as a talent evaluator and as a a content uh, provider in general. Some guys just go under the radar. That's how you get the Kurt Warners of the world. That's how you get the Tom Brady's of the world. That's how you get the Terrell Davis's of the world. The Philip Lindsay's. You know, this is some people, James Harrison, some people just go unnoticed. And there is talent out there that the Tennessee Titans could have signed and or drafted that would help supplement some of this talent gap. But, like I said, here's the rundown of this team and their offense, right? This is their team and the offense. Everything, they, I wouldn't say that they will be their firepower at their hottest in 2019, but they will be able to find points and be able to wheel themselves down the field. You know, more, more of a grimier type. They will be more of the Tennessee Titans versus the Chargers and Bucks rather than the Tennessee Titans versus the Jaguars and Texans in the last week 17. Now, this defense, we're, in, we're coming up on 15 minutes. It's going to be quick. If, hey, if I'm going slow, just turn up, the, turn up the speed of my talk. You can get through podcasts. I just learned that. You can get through podcasts a lot faster if you, like, speed up this talk. That's all you need is the content, right? But we're in defense, right? We're talking about the defense. You look at the defensive tackle position in the interior defensive lineman because this is a multiple defense. I'm not going to say players are nameless or positionless, but everybody gets moved around. So let's look at the interior defensive lineman, Jeffrey Simmons, right? Big boy, big strong guy that's going to penetrate, that's going to get some tackles for loss. He's going to, you know, have a lot of stalemates in terms of he's going to reestablish the line of scrimmage in the defensive defensive. uh, units favor, right? And then you got Daquan Jones, who's an underrated, one of the more underrated defensive linemen in the league, who's going to do more of the same, not as athletic, much of the same, but not as athletic. Then you want to branch out to the edge guys, the ends, quote unquote, who's a little bit more out in the uh, in the five technique situation. And we're going to talk about guys like Javon Clowney, who might be out there in a uh, three point stance. 
three-point stance or two-point stance, who can go out there in a wide nine situation, come out at seven and come out to five. Seen him in four I and I've seen him in three technique. Jadavion Clowney is literally the clown, the joker of the group, right? Then you got guys like Vic Beasley, who's primarily going to, we're going to see if he can drop back, but we're going to send him on third downs and go and get sacks, right? Then you got Harold Landry, who can bend around edge. You see what I'm talking about? Depth-wise, the talent gap of this defensive line group, two edge rushers, is not that far. One guy goes down, you don't lose much. This is the strongest position group or aspect or layer of this team. So how do you beat that? Quick passes. You attack the weak link. If you, if I were the Denver Broncos, the weak link, the weak link running, I would run to Vic Beasley's side. I would run to, you know, obviously it's it's common knowledge if Clowney is over there because he does many things above average, right? He can rush the passer above average. He can, I'm not talking sex, but provide pressure above average. He can stop the run above average. That's an obvious thing. But if I'm trying to run, I'm trying to find Vic Beasley. I'm trying to get the ball out of my hands quickly. So I want to, I want to veto or neutralize the Titans' strongest suit and most deep position. And that's a lot of screen passes. That's a lot of draw plays. That's being aggressive extremely early. And definitely don't be down versus this, this team. Do not. You want to have a lead versus this team. And you want to find unique ways to get leads. You know, if you got to start the game or, or gain possessions, if you got to start the half with, a, with an onside kick or something like that, if you got to devise great return schemes or take deep shot plays and trick plays, you got to get up versus this team so that you can, you know, control the game. You know, you look at that next level, the linebackers, Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, behind them, David Long Jr. Um, the linebacker, I don't want to butcher his name, Nick DeBuznar. Um from uh, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And then after that, you got Will Compton. And those guys, special teamers, pretty much after the starting inside linebackers and maybe David Long Jr., you got basically special special teamers. I'm not relying on them too much to come in and really provide starter-level impact. Defensive backs, you got, you know, I've already mentioned uh, Christian Fulton being drafted to kind of supplement that cornerback slot role you got Malcolm Butler who is expected to have a big year he just has to hone in on not trying to make every play the Super Bowl play that he made uh, several years back Adore Jackson is coming into his own as an athletic corner he has to play aggressive he has to take the mentality of Malcolm Butler if Dory Jackson would take the mentality of a of Malcolm Butler in terms of toughness and physicality he'd be a top five corner in this league then you got, uh, you know, guys like Kevin Byard and uh, Kenny Vaccaro, Amani Hooker. Um, these guys are incredible, incredibly cerebral, tough players, sure tacklers, at least, you know, on the Vaccaro and Byard front. Hooker has to improve in that regard. Um, but th- this is a talented secondary. The, the, the talent gap between everybody 
is not that far. You know what I mean? So this defense as a whole, I'm already calling it. You know, if they don't have just a brash amount of injuries, they should be a top 10 defense. Um, the, it's extremely impressive how John Robinson has built this defense um, in his own way, right? So, with that being said, you look at special teams, Steven Goskowski coming off a hip injury, hip surgery, and gets signed late. So, he's getting a lot of kicks in at these practices. Um, punter, Brett Kern is the best in the league, in my opinion. You got returner, Khalif Raymond, speedster, a bit light in the butt, which means he's smaller. Um, then you got guys like Darrington Evans, who may get an opportunity, or Dory Jackson, who struggles with vision and uh, timing in the return game. But who knows? He may get it all together. So you got a you got a pretty good team. The coverage units should be great. The blocking units will be a bit meh. Um, you know, the return should be, you know, you got some good players returning the ball, but the blocking might be the undoing there. But as far as coverage units, if everybody's disciplined, they should be one of the better coverage units in the NFL as well. So overall as a team, Tennessee Titans look pretty good, especially on the defensive side and um, coverage side on special teams. Offensively, they should be a grinded-out team that wills themselves down the field and finds ways to score points. The only problem is their depth, right? How do you beat them defensively, right? You neutralize the run game. You make these receivers show that they're, you know, rookie of the year, right? Because A.J. Brown was supposed to be the rookie of the year. You you show, you make these, you make, uh, you know, top five pick Corey Davis prove he's a top five pick. You make Adam Humphreys prove he's worth all that free agent money. You make Khalif Raymond either right or wrong about his offseason training of meditating and you know, trying to be tougher in, in in between the five and ten yard line instead of just a deep threat. You make them prove themselves. You you all out try to stop the run and and, and, and trust your cornerbacks and have a backup plan on who can hurt you most. That's how you do it. So that's really the game. I'm going to also make a video version of this, which should be interesting as well. But thanks for uh, tuning in and, and uh, listening for as long as you did. Hopefully you learned something. It's a Barnes University thing on Barnes University Radio. God bless and take care.